This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I would like to talk to you about growing palm trees in the desert. Which ones are good, which ones are bad, and some of the problems we can encounter when we have palm trees growing in the desert. All this and more on today's Desert Horticulture. I got a uh, question here sent to me by a reader and they are asking me why are my new queen palm spears bending over instead of remaining upright. It's not the wind and they get watered every other day otherwise they're healthy. <clears throat> well the watering is is good to know. I'm glad it's every other day in the and assume, assuming that's in the middle of the summertime that's you you need you need to have that day any tree growing in the desert needs to have at least one day without water so that the water can drain and and the roots can breathe a little bit of of air because it's important for roots of plants to both um, to to breathe to breathe uh, oxygen and uh, for respiration because they they don't get any carbon dioxide that comes from the air and and uh, that comes from sunlight and in the presence of sunlight and photosynthesis. So roots don't have that. They can't, they can't really take in carbon dioxide and, and make sugar energy from it because they don't have any sunlight. So in the case of roots of plants, they, they have respiration. But we're getting off the point a little bit. I think the point is uh, in the palm selection. When you're selecting palms, you really want to look at for the desert <clears throat> that is in other palms in in other parts of the country are are going to be different but in the desert you really want to select palms that have a very sturdy um support structure for the for the frond itself and you want those fronds to be strong and sturdy you don't want them to be weak even on some of the I've heard it said one time that we shouldn't even be growing windmill palms uh, in the <clears throat> in the desert because they scorch along the edge. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can get as picky as you want to. All whenever palm trees don't get enough water, they start to scorch along the edge. Whether it's because of the demand for water is too high when it's windy and it's very low humidity, and it's a very high temperature, the wind, the, the, the demand for water can be so high that the plant can't catch up for it. And then if it's got to move that water down from deep in the soil all the way up to an ever-increasing height in the case of palm trees. So we're talking about queen palm here. And if you looked at queen palm, if you looked at queen palm, it's I would classify it in loose terms like a feather palm. It really doesn't have strong. It doesn't have strong, um, strong fronds to begin with. It's not like a fan palm. It's not like California fan palm or Mexican fan palm or the the blue fan palms. Any of the fan palms. When we're talking about <clears throat> when we're talking about things such as queen palms, we're, we're, temperature is not a factor. It can handle temperatures for the most part in the Mojave Desert, 
down to temperatures. It can survive temperatures down to about 15 degrees Fahrenheit. It doesn't like temperatures that low. It doesn't like temperatures much lower than about 25 degrees when we start to see damage in queen palm. As long as it stays pretty warm and we don't get nighttime temperatures that are too cold, the queen palms can make it. The problem with queen palms, growing queen palms in the desert, is that they look kind of ratty. And the other, the other part of it is the, their nutritional demands. So palms in general are what I would consider to be oasis plants. They're like date palms. They like to be around. They don't like to be in the middle of the desert. They don't survive well there. They don't survive like a desert tree might survive in the middle of the desert. They like to be close to an oasis, not in the oasis. They don't do well if they're growing in the water, but close to the water. They they do quite well. They like to have what I call sometimes their tootsies dangling in the water. Queen palm is no different, but the extra problems we have with queen palm is because of their rattiness, and that's because they're a feather palm. They're like a feather palm. They they, they're light and airy. The, when the wind blows, they, the, 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 the fronds are not st- uh, sturdy. They're not substantial like they are with, with fan palms, like the Mexican fan palm and the California fan palm. Those have very sturdy stalks, pedicels. They have very sturdy fans. The only problem that we have when we're talking about those kinds of palms, growing them in the desert, is they start to scorch along the edge of the the frond itself. And that can be a little bit distracting. And that's why some people have said, you know, windmill palm, for instance, shouldn't be grown in the desert. Well, I beg to differ a little bit. I mean, it's not a bad-looking palm tree when you're trying to grow it in the palm. But getting back to queen palm, so, for first of all, if you're going to be growing plants like a queen palm, make sure it's getting enough water and make sure that the soil has a chance to dry out between irrigations. So that one day without water is very, very important. Uh, and it could go longer than that, depending upon how, what the soil texture is like, what the soil, how, how well the soil is holding water, it could be a lot of a, a lot of issues that are going on. The one thing I'm I'm dancing around here, if you notice, is the nutritional problems. And palms, and in particular, uh, palms like the queen palm, that don't really aren't really a desert palm, if we're going to call it that. It's not really a desert palm. It's got some problems. It's got some pro- nutritional problems. So we need a special plant food for it. We need a desert plant food, and typically that plant food is going to be high in calcium, high in magnesium, and high in uh, potassium as well. So those three items are going to be in high demand. In most of our desert situations, the soils are high in calcium, at least for several years, about 10 years, until that palm gets enough height on it. It can actually withdraw the calcium to the point where it's if it's growing rapidly, it can actually deplete it to the point where calcium is in short supply, 
Believe it or not, uh, calcium, our desert soils are considered to be rich in calcium, not so much in magnesium. And if we're looking at the nutrients, the plant nutrients that are needed by plants in very, very high amounts, those are, we, we call them macronutrients. Calcium, magnesium, potassium, all three of those are going to be used by plant uh, in, by plants in large amounts. Most of our soils contain calcium, magnesium, and potassium. But what I like to point out is if if plants are being are using the nutrients in the soil, then what's replacing them? The dissolution of other minerals. Sometimes the dissolution, the, the dissolving of those nutrients, those mineral nutrients, can be fairly slow. And so they can't release fast enough. So we, we may have to add a special fertilizer. Queen palm is a little bit different in that it doesn't handle our high alkaline, our high pH soils all that well. It's not like the fan palms, the Mexican fan palm, the California fan palms, that can hire, that can handle the the pH, the alkalinity of our soils when they start getting above seven and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. When we start getting up into that territory, we're going to see yellowing occurring. We're going to see when the calcium and magnesium start to, and potassium for that matter when they start to disappear and they're not available for the plant because it's rapidly growing and we've imported a soil and we've imported that soil uh, from crushed rock somewhere, oftentimes in urban, large urban centers, the soil is manufactured and imported in. The old desert soil is hauled away or it's supplemented in some way. It's shaped in some way. And the soil that's brought in could be crushed rock. It, and that could be very low. If, if, the, if the plant is withdrawing a lot, if it's growing rapidly and withdrawing a lot of nutrients from that soil, there can be a point in time in the middle of the summer when it's not going to do all that well. And the fan palm, the fan palms themselves are, excuse me, the fan palms, the feather palms, the feather palm, the feathery kind of growth palms, like queen palm, not a good choice for high wind areas because the high wind areas can cause a lot of damage to those plants. So even though this person says it's not because of wind, I understand that, but wind can be a factor. Nutrition can be a factor. There can be water can be a factor. We, can, we have to make sure that all of these other factors that we're growing, that we use to grow plants, are all, in, are all okay. So if we're looking at a soil that's going to be high in alkalinity, a high pH, an alkaline soil, then we've got to make sure that the micronutrients are there, the iron, manganese, and zinc are available to that plant, We've also got to be making sure that there's enough when the soils start to dissolve and make it available for plant use. We've got to make sure that those nutrients are available to plants, that there isn't a pocket of 
where these plants are, are going to be not, uh, where these minerals are not going to be available for plant use. This happens also in some of our fruit trees. In Washington, for instance, where they grow apples, some of the apple varieties are very susceptible to having calcium deficiency, and that would be very unusual because even those, even though these soils are calcium-rich soils, I've even seen it. I've even seen it in the Mojave Desert when we've been growing certain varieties of apples in soils that are alkaline, that are rich in calcium, rich in calcium carbonate, rich in lime. You can go there and see the, the gypsum crystals in it. But when these plants are actively growing and they're pulling these nutrients from the soil, we can run into problems until it has a chance to rest a little bit and then that soil begins to dissolve. The minerals in that soil begin to dissolve, release those mineral nutrients again, and then in the spring it's fine. And then in the spring until it starts to run out again. The same thing can happen to palm trees. The same thing can happen. And the nu nutrition of plants is very, is very tied to the variety that you're using, even the species that you're growing. So when we're talking about queen palms, which is like a feathery looking palm, we've got multiple things going on. You're, you're handling the water situation. Remember, they like to have their tootsies available to water when they need it, but they don't like water. They don't like to grow in solid water. So we've got to make sure that the palm is getting enough water. I would say for um, a queen palm, you know, about 30 gallons per day in the middle of, excuse me, 30 gallons each time it's watered would be adequate. So we're looking at about about six five-gallon per hour emitters with that station coming on for one hour. That would deliver 30 gallons of water, okay? Then we let it go. We let it rest. We let that soil drain, and when the the water begins to become scarce again for that plant, we water it again. And we water over a large enough area where the roots can explore that area. So that's the water issue. The next thing, though, if we're not adding organics to that soil in some way, that soil alkalinity, because it's a desert environment, is going to start to go up. The pH of that soil is going to become more, more alkaline. We can shove that alkalinity down a little bit by adding organics, and that organics can decompose, releasing carbonic acid into the soil because of carbon dioxide released by the microorganisms that are feeding on this stuff. The, the pH can start to drop because of biological activity. Uh, if we have no biological, if we're just adding minerals, fertilizers to the soil, there's no biological activity, right? So the, the pH alkalinity can't drop. So when we're fertilizing plants such as queen palm, we have to make sure the iron, manganese, and zinc are up because that's going to be in short supply at higher alkaline alkalinities, higher pHs. And we have to make sure we can we can alter that a little bit by shoving the alkalinity down a little bit by making the pH a little bit less of a problem. We do that by adding organics around that. So that's why I'm constantly pushing compost. And one of the reasons I push compost is because it adds organics to that soil. It does two things. 
A rich compost will add nutrition to the soil, but it'll also add organics to the soil. When we add organics to the soil, it lowers, helps to lower the alkalinity, the pH of that soil, maybe a half a half a point or or more. If we don't add organics to that soil, then the pH is going to stay high, because there's no mic, there's less mic. I won't say there's no none, there is some, but it's not as great as if we have organics in that soil, constantly feeding that soil, constantly breaking down that organic content and releasing carbon dioxide into the soil water around it. So when we're watering the plant, we got to make sure it's getting enough water and we have to distribute that over a large area. That's why I like to see really sprinklers. Uh, 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 That's Okay, sprinklers. The problem with sprinklers on desert soils, overhead irrigation, any kind of irrigation, actually, desert soils is Bermuda grass, is going to be Bermuda grass. And queen palms are not a xeric-type plant. They, they're not going to be like a Joshua tree. They're not going to be like a, uh, like a saguaro, where you can water it just two or three times during the summer and it'll be fine. You've got to water it more often than that. You've got to water it more often. So by using overhead sprinklers, we encourage Bermuda grass during the warmth of the summer encroachment. And that's just really tough to get rid of. Very, very tough. So we have to make sure that that whole area is irrigated. That's why we use mulches. That why, that's why we use surface mulches. Uh, rock, for instance, at two or three inches in depth, covering the entire area, helps to smother some of those weeds, including Bermuda grass. And if we see Bermuda grass, we're on top of it. We get rid of it right away. We don't let it give it a chance to get established. We either burn it out or hoe it out, mechanically remove it or burn it to a point where it can't survive any any longer if burning is is allowed in your particular area. So, but I guess what I'm pushing is is be careful of the nutrition especially things like queen palm. It can handle it, and then there's nothing you're going to do about tattering except not plant it in the wind. But in this particular case, he's having the pedicels, the rachis, the the parts that are supporting them, bending over, and it's not supporting it. That really kind of points at nutritional deficiency, calcium, magnesium, potassium. But I'm also warning you that you need that organics in that soil, especially close to water. So I would I would put down some com, some compost, and I would also put down uh, something to some mineral fertilizer, concentrating on on calcium, magnesium, and potassium, those three items, which are going to be especially magnesium when it support when it's supporting palm growth. Okay, so in conclusion here, make sure your watering is okay. It sounds like it is, but make sure that the water is distributed over a wide enough area to encourage root growth of that palm tree as it gets bigger, wider root growth, but also on palm trees, on palms, especially when they have, they can't support themselves, the growth. It sounds like a nutritional problem. I'm surprised that you're not getting some yellowing. So the the nutritional problems on queen palm Besides the wind tattering itself, 
not a good choice, in my opinion, for a desert climate, but hey, it works, I guess. It is where you can protect it from the wind. It, 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 does, it looks a lot better. So queen palms are okay, but just remember nutrition, especially in our soils that are manufactured for urban locations. Nutrition, potassium, magnesium, calcium, iron, magnesium, and zinc in the minor elements, needed in much smaller amounts, usually applied as chelates in the chelated form. Okay, I hear that uh, music. I hope that benefits you. I hope this information is a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Look for me on my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's starting with an X. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter.